This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to Rams Talk, the preview show. Well, we're back. We're going to do it all over again. The League One campaign starts this Saturday against Wigan Athletic at home. And I'm delighted to be joined by Barry from the Progress with Unity podcast to preview the game. Barry, how are you doing? Doing well, thank you. Looking forward to the new season with a bit of renewed optimism, I think, uh, after what we've been through (laughs) over the past few months. Exactly. And I guess that's where I wanted to start. I'm not going to pry or, or touch on it too much but just tell us about last season and and what's been kind of happening behind the scenes with Wigan Athletic um well we we went up into the championship as champions of league 1 everybody was buzzing during that the summer last year there wasn't much recruitment going on in fact there was none we only brought two players in both free transfers uh but we started the season okay uh, on the field it was up to 7th by mid october um doing okay and then uh, the the wheels sort of fell off a little bit and performances dipped and we couldn't get a result and it ended with Liam Richardson getting the boot um and then we made the worst appointment in in football history by giving Cole or two of the job uh no idea where that came from well we've found out since but uh and then we got we got to christmas time and there started to be rumors about some uh, lack of finances in the background. I mean, we've been at administration the season before um, and we were saved at the 11th hour by a group of Bahraini businessmen and um, they come in, promised the earth uh, and seemed to deliver in the first season during during the promotion campaign from League One. Uh, but then there was, there was these rumours flying about that the money had dried up. Um, now, I knew there was a wealthy group, the ad money, so I just thought it was a little bit odd. Um, but there was staff members at the clubs, like uh, working in the club shop, people were working in the ticket office. They was complaining about being paid late. Uh, so you started to get the feeling that something wasn't quite right. Um, cut a long story short, uh, what had happened was the, the guy who owned the club who uh, Mr. El Jasmi, his name, had set a budget for three years, give it to the, the guys who were running the club here in Wigan, give them the money, and they spent it within 18 months, and he refused to put any more money in. So we got to February, and there was nothing in the kitty. 
so the wages, we ended up uh, paying late wages five times. They released the season tickets for this season in March. Um, that was to try and get some money in so they could pay people. I bought mine then. Uh, I was a little bit hesitant whether to do so or not because I didn't know what was around the corner. But I thought to myself, well, at least I'm contributing to some of the staff getting paid at the club if, if the worst comes to it. You know, at least there's some money going. And the EFL uh, payments, they sort of saw us through till till the middle of May. Um, but then everything had dried up. There was no more money due in. Uh, the, there was... I actually met with the chairman, uh, Talal Halhamad, and uh, me and a, a, about six other guys from, from different fans groups at, at the Lassics. We met with the chairman, promised us the earth, said he's in it for the long term, there's going to be money coming, they're getting investments, etc. Just utter BS, all of it. was. There was nothing coming in. And then you got the feeling, and, and the panic set in again. We've been through administration, you know what it's like. Uh, we, we nearly lost the club then. And then suddenly we're hearing the HMRC has not been paid for two months. Uh, players are not being paid. Our last game of the season, with um, I think with five players who played in that game, who wrote a contract and hadn't been paid, and they still turned out. So I mean that that's great for the supporters, isn't it? Playing for the shirt, but unfair on them. If one of them really got a serious injury, you know the consequences of that. Um, so we, we we got into June and. Um, the big rumour was that some guy from Solihull had stepped forward, was going to come in and buy the club. So we did a quick bit of research. He was a 19-year-old. He tried to buy Morecambe. Absolutely no money. Couldn't get through the EFL at Morecambe, you know, with, with the debts they had. Nothing compared to the debts that we had. And we just thought, God, this is it. At that stage, we were told with two weeks to, to make payments. Otherwise, the club would fold. So that was at the beginning beginning of June. Now, luckily, uh, we found somebody to come in um, and that first week in June. The, the rugby team in Wigan is owned by um, a, a Wigan-born billionaire, uh, but he he's, he's lives in America. Um, his name is Mike Danson. And the council, our local MP, Lisa Nandish, is quite high-profile MP, and the head of the supporters club, uh, Caroline Molyneux, approached him and asked, would, would he step in and help us? Uh, but he... he he needed he needed to find seven million quid in the first week that he was if he was going to take over, and it, it was sort of quite doubtful whether he he would or not. Looking at it from the outside, you're thinking, why would somebody? And he's no interest in football. That's the other thing. He's not a football man. So you're thinking, why would somebody with no interest in football doesn't live in the town? He is from Wigan, but he doesn't live here. Come and and spend seven million quid on us, and then commit to. To budgeting us for, for you know for the foreseeable future, but luckily he did he did step in. Uh, the deal was signed on the fourteenth of June. Uh, that was on a on a Wednesday. By the Friday, it cleared all the debts. Everything had been paid, uh, and, and we was on a, a, a level footing. Uh, I understand Sean Maloney was one of the big influences with him. He went to him and said, "I can run this club on a budget of three million quid a year. This is how I do it." Um, and he, he gave him his plan. Mike Danson bought into it. Uh, apparently, uh, our new owner is very big on the community side of things. He's, he's a billionaire. He's not forgot his roots. He wants to invest in the community, create opportunities for people. Luckily, Wigan Athletic, uh, the AFL community 
Trust Club of the Year because our community trust is absolutely fabulous. I've been on uh, initiatives with them, worked with them on schemes. They're superb. They really, really are. Uh, so that was, I think that was another big thing that swayed us. So we're safe, um, but we've not got a big budget, and we've, but we've got some absolutely fantastic players. Uh, we've had a big, big change in personnel. 13 first team members have left, loads of experienced players, uh, Max Power, Tom Naylor, Will Keane, leading goal scorer for the last two seasons, scored 29 goals last time in League One. He's gone. Um, but we've still got some some talented plays left. Uh, Graham Shin has gone as well. I mean, you, I suppose your listeners would be keen to know that. He's gone yeah, back, yeah. He's gone up to Aberdeen. Uh, I think he was a big earner. Do you know, he hardly ever played for us. And the longer he didn't play, the better player he became amongst the supporters. I mean, I don't know what you think of Graham Shin here. I've met him, I've interviewed him. He's a great guy. Um, but uh, we had two players ahead of him in the in, in the squad, you know, so that's why he didn't get in. Uh, but I wish him all the best. He, he was a, a lovely fella. Uh, but what Malone has done is promoted, um, I think he's promoted eight players from, from the youth team, up from the academy, up into the first team squad. We've signed, uh, I think, four lone players, all young lads, and we've got um, three or four on um, free transfers as well. I think we've brought in eight eight players altogether, including Callum McManaman, who's returned to the club. He was a free agent, but so seven have come in, um, and, and they're all under under twenty two. Yeah. We played Markham, our last preseason friendly, on Saturday. The average age of the team that played in that was twenty one. The captain was nineteen, and the oldest player on the pitch for us was a twenty five year old Tom Pierce, uh, and, and I just love it. I really do. It's great that uh, Maloney is, is willing to to give the young lads, uh, you know, uh, the chance to to make the step up. Yeah, that's where yeah, we I are. Get, yeah, yeah. No, thank you. That's a really good overview, and and you've probably answered a couple of questions that I had um, in terms of kind of players and stuff. And we'll we'll deep dive into that in a minute. But I guess just to to go on what you say there, it, it does feel like there's quite a lot of parallels between your situation and our situation. Obviously, our new owner is actually a season ticket holder or a former season ticket holder and love for the club. And I think that's maybe the, the only difference. But who knows, this this uh, this new owner potentially might be uh, there quite a lot. Um, maybe he'll get the bug and, and be there and, and present at games. I'm not sure how often he gets back to Wigan if he's based in the States. But no, it seems like uh, the future is, is quite a guaranteed. And like you say there, unless you've been through it, you don't know how it feels to be on the brink of losing your club. Um, and the relief that you feel when you finally get the news that, well, the next 12 months is safe or, or even the next month safe. Um, you know, it's it's a real, real feeling of, of joy, probably every emotion under the sun, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, you've touched can, on, can there, say on that. Can I just say on that? Well, I think one of, one of the biggest gut wrenchers were the fact that we've been through it uh 18 months previously and it's taken all our fight if you know what i mean so we were sort of back on the brink again and we was absolutely knackered because we've been emotionally drained because we've already been through it and i'm not so sure 
whether the fan base as a whole would have had that fight to to fight like we did for the club again. Uh, um, we had a massive fundraising issue the first time round. We, we raised a million and a half quid, and and uh, I'm not so sure that would have come about the same this time. You know, uh, so so grateful to Mike Danson for stepping in. Absolutely, so just wanted to say that. Definitely, definitely. Well, you've touched on a few players that have obviously come in. Um, it's an exciting time for Wigan moving forward. Youthful. I actually watched a clip of the Everton game and it actually looked like you wanted to play football. It looked like some good stuff there. One player I wanted to touch on, and I've listened to your recent episode and I think you wax lyrical about him, your new goalkeeper, seemingly new number one, Mr Tickle. Um, I do find it funny that there's probably going to be a headline. Hopefully it's not on Sunday morning. Tickle saves the ticks or something like that. There's, there's headlines there for sure. But uh, for Derby fans listening, he's 21 years old and he's really impressed you, Barry, hasn't he? Yeah, he's a tremendous goalkeeper, tremendous prospect. Um, he, he's come from a local club as well. St. Helens, Pilkington's in St. Helens, is an all-league club. Um, he's come through there as... as like a schoolboy, and then and then we picked him up and stuck him in the academy. But he's a big lad; he's about six foot two. Uh, the thing that he's a great shot stopper. I mean, he's a, he's a he's a keeper. Good hands, good in the air, gets down well, has a presence in the box. But the thing that really really impresses me uh, is uh, his ability to play football. He's like a sweeper at the back. I mean, you said there about the fact you watched against Everton and. We, we, we're not sure about we've played some good stuff, which is sort of the um, the opposite of what it was like in League One under Liam Richardson. We was a strong team that I suppose if you think about Rotherham and how they play, that's how we were strong, determined, ground out results. Uh, we never battered anybody apart from Bolton, and you know everybody batters Bolton, <laughs> so that was brilliant. But but we was winning like one nil, two one, three two. Th- those those were the score lines coming in every single week. Um, so so that's how we were, and there was all set piece goals as well, corners, three kicks. Um, but under Maloney, it's totally different. It, 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 Roberto Martinez for me is the greatest the second greatest coach that's ever lived after Johan Cruyff. And they're all from that school. You know what I mean? They're from that school of of, of total football. And Maloney has worked with, well, he works as a player under Martinez and he's also worked at Belgium with Roberto Martinez as well. And when you speak to, to Sean Maloney, it's like you're speaking to Roberto. He just knows everything about the game. I mean, they're both real students. And, and and to see him playing, and, and I've gone off tickly uh, now. I know I've just get carried away. So I'm just so excited about the about the turnaround of the club this this year and, and playing a decent brand of football. But in that, I believe Sam Tittle is going to be instrumental. He's, he, he 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 can hit a forty yard ball up the pitch, ping it to somebody's feet, but he also plays that little two yard pass as well. You know, like your midfielders do, which. Splits up in the opposition, so we. I was watching him against Everton, and Ashley Young or Neil Morpe were coming to close him down. He'd do a little dink and just knock it a yard, and we cut open a bit of space, and then we were through the middle of the park. Then you know with the ball, and it was just brilliant to watch. And sometimes under Martin, when when he first brought it to the club, when he was was here in two thousand and nine, ten, that's that sort of era. Um, when we tried to play from the bike, it was panic stations, and you could see people like. At, uh, you know, should we be doing this Titus Bramble? Should we be trying to play football? I don't think. But 
our two centre backs. We've got Charlie Hughes. I know you've got Maxwell, and and you you know he's the next big thing. But I can assure you, Charlie Hughes, nineteen year old, skipper the team on Saturday. He is the next big thing. He's absolutely immense player. You'll see him on Saturday, and you'll not believe he's nineteen. Uh, but we brought in this other kid as well from Bayern Munich, uh, Liam Morrison. It's a good German name, that isn't it, Liam Morrison. <laughs> but we, he, he he was previously at Celtic and he's gone to Bayern Munich and we brought him on loan for a year. And the biggest compliment I can play, pay to him is when we played Everton, I couldn't tell Morrison and use apart because they've just played identical. Both very comfortable on the ball, can pass it, not under panic, uh, and, and used it. It was like a three with Tittle. So it was like playing a back three with Tittle yeah. knocking the ball around. Really good stuff. But very, very, very exciting for me as, as a, a long-time Latix fan for this. Yeah, and I guess pre-season you look at results, you look at the way teams play and think, well, if we take this into the season, then you know, there's no, no stopping us. But it does feel like that's the brand of football that you're going to be playing. And it's quite strange because Derby under Rossini at the start of last season were very similar very much kind of playing out from the back. A lot of, you know, sometimes sideways passing um, across the centre-backs, which we uh, we didn't like too much. But I think under Paul Warren now, we've almost gone a little bit different, a bit more direct, getting balls into the box, um, you know, trying to, I guess, find the players that can, that can hurt teams. So, yeah, it's almost uh, a, a different kind of game in the sense it might have been last year if we, if we found ourselves in the, in the same division. Another player I wanted to pick up on, and I think he got your podcast player of the match against Everton, Matt Smith. Um, Matt Smith, I was thinking, was the forward formerly of Millwall. And I was thinking, is he still about the six foot something player? But I, I imagine it's a it's a common name. You've signed him on a free transfer from Arsenal. I mean, some of the clubs we're mentioning here, Liverpool, I know you've got a lone player from Liverpool, the centre-back from Bayern Munich, and then a free transfer from Arsenal. These players are coming in, you know, from from good youth systems, from good setups. Has he impressed you, Matt Smith, in the middle? Absolutely, yeah. I I I, uh, I, I couldn't believe I, I was uh, gone under the radar. If I'm being honest, you know, he's 22. He's not he's not a kid uh, as such. He's had two loan spells. He's played at Cheltenham and Doncaster, uh, but last season he spent back at Arsenal, so they kept him last season. I think that's obviously helped his, his, his progression. Then he's out of contract, so he's come to us. I've spoken to a Donny fan about him, um, who, who I know quite well, uh, and he said, Matt Smith was really good, but he needed better players around him. Because he's, he's that type of... But if you think of like Adam Farshaw, maybe Barry Bannon, where they're picking the ball up off the, off the back and they play the little one-two-yard passes and they give them go, give them go, and they get it back, and, and that, they're buzzing about. That's the type of player he is. Um... Really good again in possession. Looks like Maloney's uh, pick players who are comfortable on the ball, uh, easy with it, easy on the eye as well. I know what you're saying there about, especially with, with Warner. Uh, I mean, he, he's an ex Latics one. He started his professional career off with us, and, and Latics fans like to keep their eye on him to see all the way through his playing career and his managerial career. So I followed Paul Warren's career. Um, and I know what type of football he plays, and that—that's my only worry, really. League One is—is—is is, is a. Br- I love League One; it's a brilliant division. But sometimes you need to scrap. You need to scrap yep. and, and, and be very difficult to beat. Now, uh, I'm excited about the brand of football we're going to be playing. My only concern is we've got a y- lot of young lads, and you know, are they going to be able to do it? 
on a Tuesday night at Cambridge in January. You know what I mean? I mean that's that's what you think, isn't it? So I I, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to that. But talking about Matt Smith, yeah, uh, I think Matt that, that Matt Smith you mentioned from Millwall ended up going to Salford, which is just up the road from us. All anyway. oh, right. So that's where he's six foot three, isn't it? About yeah, yeah, puts himself about yeah. Well, this Matt Smith's about five foot four, so they're, they're totally <laughs> different, and he's got really white hair. But um, there was an open training session on on uh, Wednesday last week, and I went along to watch it. And even though he was, he was so impressive, so impressive, and he looks like he slotted right in. He's he was uh, with the jokers of the pack. He was hanging around with them, you know. So. It, it, that for me is a good feeling as well because they're obviously taken to him. He's taken to the club, so yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to him. And uh, yeah, I, I think you can tell that he spent last season working, uh, you know, behind uh, with, with Arsenal, uh, and I think that's probably done him a, a power of good having a season there. But it's done us a power of good because he's ended up coming to us, and we've got him on a three-year contract as well, which is uh, excellent piece of business. Yeah, I mean, we've done well previously out of Arsenal's academy. Um, we've had players that, that have come. Um... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Some are still here, some have, some have gone. So there's definitely players within that academy that can go on and, you know, have good professional careers for sure. So, yeah, interesting to watch out for, for him in the middle on, on Saturday. I'll have to watch out for his, uh, his hair. That'll give him away. <laughs> <laughs> um, looking ahead to Saturday then... We've mentioned obviously a couple of players in in Tickle and Smith, but who's going to cause Derby the most problems? Who should Derby fans watch out for? Uh, well, we've got another young lads come through the ranks. Tello Asgard, uh, Norwegian international, under twenty one international. He's a scouser. His mum and dad play for the Liverpool Philharmonic Orchestra, so that's that's what he's doing here. But he was born in Liverpool, got a thick scouse accent, but he, he plays he plays for Norway as well. Uh, Absolute wizard on the ball. I mean, he came in in our uh, administration season, so we're going back to 2020, 2021, uh, and he scored some vital goals in that season, which helped to stay up. He's an attacking midfield type player. Uh, he, he scored goals in the championship. Was quite worried about him leaving, but he's just signed a new contract to, through to 2028, so he's committed his future to the club. He's only 21. Uh, superb on the ball. Absolutely superb. You'll love him. You'll love, well, you won't, but <laughs> you, you'll know what I'm talking about. He's, he, he plays over, usually he plays over on the left and cuts in on the right and it's into the into the first top corner. That's, uh, I, I said this last season on a podcast with uh, Luton Town supporters and he did exactly that. And we won the game 2 1 with Tello scoring the goal. Uh, brilliant player. Then we got Lange, Callum Lang, uh, another Scouser. I mean, we're full of Scousers, our team. Uh, <laughs> 
but he's like a cheeky scouser. He, he he drives at you, he'll ball at his feet, and he'll just run with it. Uh, last time he was in this division, he scored 14 goals with us, and he had about 10 assists as well. So he's a, he's quite an important player. Not forgetting Charlie Wyke up front. You know, I mean, everybody knows Charlie's. Uh, he had the incident with the cardiac arrest, and I think um, he, he he now has a um, a defib fitted. So he's, he's but psychologically, uh, last season was a tough season for him. And he spoke about it. I've read articles where he said he, he, he found it difficult to come to terms with it, uh, playing with this, and he was guarding it all the time. He's come out in this preseason, and he looks like he's shaking that off. Uh, he's, he'll score goals wherever. He's a big, bustling centre-forward. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to Charlie. Just seeing him enjoy his football again after what he's been through. Uh, we've got Josh McGuinness, but he's out at the moment injured. He's, he's got uh, uh, an ankle injury or a knee injury. Uh, and also Stevie Humphreys, who Stevie promises so much. He he, he, he started his career off, off locally, then he went to Fulham um, and he ended up playing for Southend and then we picked him up for Rochdale. But he played against us for Rochdale and bagged three goals in two games. And he's dynamite. Last season, we sent him out on loan to Ibernian. I don't, oh, sorry, not Ibernian. Well, I'll get shot for that. It was Arts he went to. <laughs> so <laughs> he actually scored the goal of the season in Scotland, uh, which was uh, from the halfway line. So, but he's a, a real stocky, powerful lad. Um, and I spoke to him on Wednesday and he said he's really looking forward to this season. He, he's hoping to make a big, big impression. But he's only, I think he's only 24, 25. So they're all, all quite young. Um, We've got James McLean as well, who who has that. Uh, I, th- I think he's going to be the club captain this year. Uh, I know uh, a lot of people, a lot of supporters around the country, you know, have an opinion on him. But as far as Wigan Athletic goes, he we we love him. We love him to death. He's one hundred percent Wigan Athletic. Um, he, he he fights for the cause. He, he never shirks on the pitch. Um, you know, he gets a lot of abuse, which people really don't understand what they're saying to him because he's that's not him. But uh, we'll, we'll not go there. But he, he's just uh, a really good player. And at this level, he, he's going to, you know, we're, he's, we're wanting a big season out of him. Yeah. yeah. And with Maloney, I mean, has he trialled a few formations pre-season or do you think you'll know how he'll line up in terms of a formation? Does he play four at the back, three at the back? What are we... What are we... Looking at here, we're looking at uh, two defenders and everybody else attacking midfielders. <laughs> Honestly, and we sat lined up against Everton, and I was trying to work out who were playing where, and, he, and it was so difficult. Uh, we have uh, two centre halves mentioned on both Morrison and, and Hughes, uh, and then we have like these false fullbacks or wing backs, not real wing backs, but uh, midfielders like James McLean played left back, but he's he's cutting inside on. Uh, we signed a guy from Charlton, Sean Clare, but he's injured. He, he, he'll not be fit. So we've had Aaron McHugh playing there, who's a box to box midfielder. And again, on Wednesday, I asked, he's only 20 years of age, but I asked him on, on, on Wednesday, what was your position? Uh, that you were playing against Everton, he said. Well, I'd like to tell you, but I'm not really sure. He said. I, I, he said without the ball. He said I was. I was a right back with the ball. I was a little bit different, and he was. Uh, so we'll be playing definitely with two, two at the back, uh, probably five up front, and everybody flying about everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
it's a modern approach to football, I guess, isn't it? With the the fullback that steps into midfield, like Trent does for Liverpool, mm-hmm. and I guess you know we talked about Tickle being the modern goalkeeper as well. You know, ball at his feet. So I think that gives Derby fans a, I suppose, a, a view of of how you're going to come and play on Saturday. And it's interesting because there's going to be different, like you said, there. There's going to be different ways of playing in League One. Um, maybe in the Championship, everyone tries to play in the Prem. Everyone tries to play. But down here, there are a lot of different ways of, of getting three points. So, yeah, I'm sure we're going to see the good, the bad and the ugly, both Wigan and Derby over the course of the, the season. So, no, that's really interesting. What weaknesses do you think that Derby could potentially exploit? Is it a case of this team hasn't played much together or is there anything else that potentially could could be kind of the undoing? Uh, well, the possibility of us only having two defenders on the pitch <laughs> could be something that you. I mean, you've brought Connor Washington in, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's going to be up against two kids. But having said that, Charlie, who's nineteen, but uh, he, he, you'd swore he was, he was mid twenties. He's, he's built, he's big, uh, and he, he doesn't get intimidated. Um, it's it's difficult, really, to to think. I mean, I know you you'll be a threat from set pieces, Paul Warren, and that's that's definitely gonna gonna be a threat. Um, I'm just we defended very well against Everton. I mean, if I'm going, we def- tend tended to defend in numbers and then attacking numbers, and without the ball, we really are to get the ball back, and then we kept it. Um, but what that d- does, you expend a lot of energy. So the yeah. longer the game goes on. Um, that you know we're going to start getting tired, and I know what Paul Warren's like with his fitness. He's he's uh, he's more of a military man, isn't he? You know, everybody's got to be in peak condition. So as the game progresses, um, we might be suffering a little bit from fatigue. There's uh, several new players in that squad as well. Who you know, I, I can't vouch how long they're going to last in a game of football because I don't know. Um, so I think the longer the game goes on, the more chances you'll you'll start to create but we do def- we do defend quite well and going off how we played it towards the back end of last season when Mullaney came in it changed us overnight our first game was Blackburn in February and the difference between uh, it had us for it, the back a week it was it was right at the back end of the transfer window and the difference is the difference between Cole Ture and Sean Maloney was, was just like it was unbelievable the way we played differently, you know, under him. Just some fine-tuning, a couple of tweaks about the place. Uh, and we were very unfortunate to, to get relegated last season. I mean, we had some tr- dreadful results, but towards the end, we put in some brilliant performances and uh, we, we we beat Millwall at home, for example, when they were going for the playoffs. We drew, drew away at Blackburn. Um, Watford, we should have beat Watford. You know, we was unlucky in some games and then we had like we had six points deducted as well. So, so what you could argue that was slightly unlucky to, to end up getting relegated. Uh and, and that would have been down to Maloney that the way he changed us. So <clears throat> so as far as weaknesses go, I, I don't I really don't want to say because uh, <laughs> apart from the fact I think you'd probably be fitter than us. I can imagine Derby County being the fittest side in the division this season. Uh, yeah. and the longer the game goes on. And they're always hard to, to call aren't they, first games of the season anyway. And I know we've been experimenting a little bit in pre-season. Um, 
so I'm, I'm really sorry, Jamie, but I'm, I, I, I don't know really on that. You're one. worried Paul Warren's listening and not going to give too much away. I, I know, I know it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you talk there about having points deducted last season, six points last season, eight this season. What's the aspirations for the team? You're going to put a caveat in here, aren't you? I am indeed, yes. Uh, the, um, the, the, the points deductions last season were due to late payments so that we got them. These aren't. The, the right. eight this season. There's four carried over from last season. And what, what that was for, they told the previous owners they had to put three million quid in a bank account to cover the wages, and they had to do it by a certain date. They didn't do it, so they docked us four points, but that will come off this season's. And then they said they said to us, the week the sale was going through, that, that three million quid had to go into this bank account. So that was two days. That was on the Monday, as the club was signed over on the Wednesday. So it weren't in. Obviously, they, they docked us four points, so we made it eight. But I think we're appealing that with the argument being that <clears throat> you couldn't expect the new owner to pay that form uh, that three million quid when he's not actually purchased the club yet, and it's unfair on expecting the previous owner to put it in. Uh, and the EFL was fully aware of what was going on because they were heavily involved in all, all negoti- negotiations. I think we might have a chance of overturning that them four points, but I wouldn't bet my mortgage on it to be honest. So. Uh, so if we take it that we're going to start on minus eight, and another caveat to that as well, uh, the last four seasons we've played in League One, we've won it three times, and the only time we didn't, we was in administration. So, yeah. so we are, we are, you know, uh, I, so I suppose you'd say we're probably a lucky League One side where things go out our way. Um, if, if we're in the top 10. In the new year, as we go into the new year, if we're in the top 10 by that stage, I'd say there's a chance we might push for the playoffs. Uh, Maloney himself says that if we avoid relegation, it's a positive. Yeah, That's that's where he's coming from. And I tend to agree, really. I mean, I'd I'd just happily take 14th. I'd be made up with 14th. And a good season of seeing these lads progress watching the yep. football get played, and then something to build on for next season. Uh, but you know what fans are like. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it could take us, it could take us two and a half, three months before we get out the bottom three, you know, with the points deduction. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. it. It doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight, does it? No. And look at our start. We've got yourselves, we've got Barnsley away, Bolton away, local diver, and then we've got two promoted clubs to play as well, Carlisle away and, and Northampton at home. So they're, going to be coming bouncing so that's the first month i think it's a quite a difficult start that um, yeah so we'll we'll see we'll see i mean if you ask we play each other on boxing day if you ask me then what do i think i, I might have a different answer for you hopefully yeah well hopefully we'll have you back on for that fixture as well and we can have a, a discussion and i guess uh quote this chat that we're having right now and <laughs> see how see how truthful we were and and what came true i guess but no yeah. that that that's really good kind of overview for for all fans listening and i can tell that you're excited for the game as as i am and and as wigan and derby fans are everywhere to be honest yeah. one final question barry and it's the biggest question what's your prediction for the game score prediction well i've, I've thought of this um head over art um 
no, I'm going to go heart overhead, and I'm going to go for <laughs> I'm going to go for a draw. I, I, a point to do us. I know you want to get it, get your three points, and and you know nail yourself as uh, promotion favourites. And I, if it's between you and uh, uh, but Bolton, I hope it. You know, I really do hope it's you. Go up. <laughs> uh, but first game of the season, yeah, there are to call. I'll go for a one all. Yeah, I'm going to go two one. And I think it will be a one-one game for quite a while, and we'll get something a bit late. You know what you were saying about fitness. I think that might that might be telling. So that's going to be my my prediction. Well, Barry, thanks so much. You've given us so much to take away and, and look out for on on Saturday. So glad that Wigan, the future looks good. Um, like I said, we've been there before. So happy that uh, Mr. Dancing's come in and, and saved the club and. Wish you all the best for the season. Obviously not on Saturday because we do want those three points. But yeah, I really appreciate you you coming on and, and having a chat with me. This has been the Rams Talk preview. Like I said, we are back covering every single game this season midweek. If you enjoy it, give us a like on whatever you listen to this on. If you want to hear something in the previews, if you want to hear something on the main show, then please do get in contact at Rams Talk Pod on Twitter. But yeah, Barry, thanks so much for joining me and we will see you all on Saturday. Thanks, Jamie. Cheers. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.